Welcome to the Starch Solution Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Healthy Emmy. I am a nutritionist and the creator of the Slim on Starch program. If you want to lose weight on a plant-based diet, listen to this podcast. Also, bonus points, go and watch all of my YouTube videos, Healthy Emmy on YouTube. But if you're really serious about this, go to healthyemmy.org, apply to work with me as well as a mindset coach and a nutrition coach, and let's do this thing. Now, on to the podcast. Today, I'm giving you a look behind the curtain. My Slim on Starch client, Laura, just completed the first six weeks of our work together, and she actually decided that she wanted to commit to another year of our work together, which warms my heart. We thought it would be valuable to record an update for how she is feeling six weeks into our work together, finishing the Slim on Starch program, so that we can do another interview six months from now and another interview a year from now, so you can come along on the journey with us. As Laura shares, before we started working together about six weeks ago, she was struggling tremendously with her relationship with food, her relationship with your body, and its ability to send her proper hunger fullness cues, a lot of distrust with her body. Also talking about how food was used to numb, food was used for things outside of just physical nourishment, and today you'll be delighted to hear the massive strides she has made in just six weeks and how much peace she is now experiencing. I'm so excited to see where this goes because she's made such massive improvements in six weeks. It's very promising for what the next six months and year will look like. If you want to work with me as well as a mindset coach and a nutrition coach in the Salon Search program, click the link in the down below. Why don't you start by telling us your story? So when you and I first met, you laid out for me your story that brought you up to that first phone call that we had. So do you mind sharing that with with everybody watching today? Yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, Yeah, it's been a really long and complicated journey for me because my kind of problems with food and my relationship with food started when I was around five years old. My mom sent me to kindergarten and in kindergarten, she would send me with a lunch that just had way too much food. But then she also told the teacher that I needed to finish my lunch in order to get my dessert. And of course I'm five years old, right? So I'm like, I'm getting that dessert. But um, it kind of turned into this thing where even at five years old, I was overeating to the point of being sick. And bless my mom, she really didn't know any better. And I don't think she knew that that was happening every single day until like, a month in with it happening. But ever since then, my relationship and my habits with eating food have been weird, Um, just kind of off, out of tune with my body. Uh, When I was eight, uh, I was overweight, kind of from that whole uh, overeating kind of thing when I was younger, around five. And the doctor told my mom I was overweight. And so that was the first time I was put on a diet as a child which again, my mom, like she was just doing her best. Like, I really want to say like, she is the best mom. She just didn't know any better. Um, But that was obviously really damaging on, you know, again, my relationship with food and my body. And then when I was around 13, my cousin Olivia started dieting really, really hard as well. And she was four years older than me. I thought it was cool. And I went along with her. And I think that was the first time where I lost like a significant amount of weight. Anyways, you kind of see how it's going with um, the, I gain weight and then I lose weight. I, I got into that binge restrict cycle for years and years after that. So I'm 24 now. So within that uh, binge restrict kind of cycle or overeat restrict cycle, I've been going through that for around 
11, 12 years, because I'm turning 25 next week, actually. Um, and I just, you know, I felt like I was so close to breaking free of it because I really wanted to, right? Like, no one wants to be trapped in the struggle of overeating and feeling like you're so out of control and out of touch with your body. And I just kept on searching. I had that hope. I had that belief that I would find an answer. It's in my head, I'm like, there has to be an answer. And I came upon the starch solution. But but then through that, I found your videos, Emmy, and um, your tips, even before we started working together, helped me a lot. And as I transitioned to the more starch-based lifestyle, I felt better in terms of energy and health immediately. But then it was a matter of, okay, there's still a problem here. So I was like, you know what? Emmy gives me a really good feeling. I'm going to, I'm going to jump on board. Well, I'm so grateful that you did trust me and and we've formed such a magical relationship. I want to speak to the childhood wiring that happened with your brain and how you weren't in a position where you could just say, snap out of it, you know, stop the dieting, you know what to do, just eat normally. Because from a very young age, food was taught to you to be something that wasn't intuitive and it wasn't something that you didn't give second thought to. It was actually something that was at the forefront of your brain. I have to eat this food. I have to finish this food, even if I'm not hungry, because I want the reward that comes out afterward. So you built in your brain this reward, this positive feedback system of when I eat past fullness, something good happens. And even when, you know, the the cost tends to outweigh the benefit, it's just so hardwired in place from such such a young age that it's really hard to rewire. And as an adult, this is why the first thing that we do in the, the program is talk about your food philosophy, because as adults, we have to consciously learn how to rewire our brains and think about, wait a minute, what relationship with food do I want to have? And I love that about the program as well, because from the get-go, you can really tell that it's a personalized approach because you sent questionnaires and even the talking style that, you know, my nutrition and life coach and you use with me are all based on how I know that I communicate well, too. So tell me, before we started working together, you had tried some tried some things to really get in control of those hunger fullness cues. Can you walk me through what you did try on your own? Oh my gosh, I think it would be better if I walked you through what I haven't tried. There would be air. There would literally be air. I do not know if there is a diet on this planet that I have not tried, like literally all of them. And you know what? I was vegan for four years from the ages of like 18 to 22. And then I I really was restricting bad in the pandemic. And I was like, why am I having all these cravings at the time? And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's because I'm vegan. It's like, no, it's because I wasn't eating. Um, but I would say that when I was doing the vegan diet is kind of when I felt the best, which is another thing that drew me to you. But seriously, like I, I have tried pretty much every single diet, like keto, low carb, um, raw vegan, which wasn't great for me. Um, yeah, all of them. I've tried all of them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What was your goal with those diets? Um, I think there's like two goals. There was a conscious goal and there was a subconscious goal. I think the conscious goal was to lose weight. I think the subconscious goal was to numb out and have something to focus on, if I'm being completely honest with myself. And I'm not ashamed of that. You know what I mean? We all have our vices and food just has been mine for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
Walk me through that a little bit more for how it felt for you to be starting a new diet or to be in the thick of a new diet. Uh, what emotions did you experience during all of that dieting? Yeah, that's a really good question, Emmy, because obviously at first with these diets, um, you get really fast results and there's this high that's associated with it. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's working. Like this is the solution. Um, but then obviously it wouldn't work after a while. One of my favorite sayings is like, uh, the devil rushes, God stills. So you find with all these unsustainable diets, like, um, or at least I found, I would lose weight really fast and I'd get a high and I think that it was working. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've realized like a slow, more intuitive approach is really what I was after because I, ca I can't deal with highs and lows. I need something more even tempered. It's exhausting. And to break free from that, I, I had a conversation with my dad years ago that's always stuck with me. And I asked him, he was going to, I can't remember where he was going, but he was going somewhere exciting for him. And I said, are you so excited for your trip? And he said, you know, I don't want to do these highs and lows. I don't want to be excited because then there's the come down afterward. I don't want to do that. I just kind of want to be good all the time. That's always stuck with me. And it looks like that's the relationship with food that you've sort of moved over to and you're actively working to move over to. You did note uh, that food was being used to numb out. You said, you know, I'll be honest about that. Can you speak about that a little bit more? Yeah, I think well, I grew up as an only child and my parents were divorced as well. So my mom lived like an hour and a half away from school and I would stay with her on weekends. I think I just spent a lot of time alone as a kid. So I would like just watch TV and eat. And, you know, my dad and I, every single night we would... We would watch TV and eat and I really I felt really lonely and I but it's like looking back I realized how lonely I felt compared to how full my life is now with friends I was definitely trying to distract myself from that mm. food can be a companion for many people it's the primary relationship for many people and in your situation that that is very clear because you could say you know i was an only child and food was the thing that i had i want us to also recognize too that that's the case for people that from the outside have very full lives so they can say you know i'm in a great relationship and i have a great family and i have friends but still food is my primary relationship and that reminds mm -hmm. me of message that i sent you the other day laura about how happy I am that we are taking food off of its pedestal in your life because you have such a full life. You know, you're living in London and then you're going to be moving to Vegas. There's so many exciting things happening that now that food is not center stage uh, and we're pulling it off of its pedestal, you really can be present in this full, beautiful life that you've created for yourself. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I love that because I do have a full life. That person that you described where people would be like, oh, you, you wouldn't even know that I really had a problem with food. Like you would if you were close to me because I'm pretty open about it. But like I have such a rich, full working life. And, you know, I accomplish a lot outside of food. And food is the one thing that I really needed to rid myself of. Or not, yeah, you know what I mean? Release the chains on the the whatever hold food had on me 
it, it sort of was an abusive relationship because it would be that warm hug feeling, that companion, that that thing that you could always go back to and rely on. And then there was the come down from it of the stomach ache and the guilt and the puffiness. So it gave you the highs of highs and it would give you the lows of lows too. And food is not supposed to be our lover and it's not supposed to be our enemy. It's supposed to be our friend. It's here to nourish us and allow us to live a full life, not take away our ability to tap into that full life. I so agree. Let's talk about how your relationship with food has changed over the past six weeks. So if you, you know, if you sat down with a loved one or, or a friend or a family member and they said, Laura, how has your relationship with food changed over these past six weeks? What would you say to them? So much. I, I It's so, uh, as we talked about earlier, my history with food, I just kind of need food to be food a little bit. Definitely not a coping mechanism. That's what I'm trying to rid myself of. So over these past six weeks, I would say that food is there to fix hunger, you know, and food is still to like, it's still enjoyable to me. Your taste buds do adjust. Like I already ate quite like a natural diet. So it was an easy transition for me, but I still enjoy food. But I like food is um, a small part of the pleasure that I get out of life, not like the, the major thing that I rely on, which has been really nice. And it's also a source of energy for me. And I just, I can't even believe I'm saying that because, oh, that that's so true. Before I came and worked with you, I literally couldn't get out of bed. I literally forgot I couldn't get out of bed some days. That's how much energy I have now. And I hang out with my friends all day and we walk around all day and I don't feel tired and exhausted. Um, and that's because of not only the right food, but also the right amount you know, not too much, not too little. And I just really have been able to hone in on to what my body actually wants these last six weeks, especially the the past two. I think that the, you know, not getting out of bed thing speaks not only to the physical toll that this was taking on you, but also the mental and emotional toll. You were probably just spent and absolutely exhausted, not to mention that our gut produces 95% of the serotonin in our bodies, the mood stabilizing hormone. So likely due to the fluctuating relationship with food, your gut microbiome is out of whack. And then your mood, you're just drained and can't get out of bed from an emotional standpoint as well. So um, that speaks to the, the mental health improvement too, from eating this way, not just physically. It's so true. My mental health was so bad. So I'm 24, right? And I like couldn't get out of bed and I didn't know it was wrong because I was like, well, I'm eating mostly healthy. I didn't realize that I was eating too much because of those ingrained habits and all, all this different stuff. Like I thought it was normal. I was just like, what is wrong with me? I thought I had like PCO, like the amount of times I've Googled, do I have PCOS? Do I have like PMDD? I was like, there has to be hormonally something wrong with me. And I got, I went and I paid for tests for it as well. And just nothing was wrong with me, except I felt horrible, you know? And I, I really, something that I am really proud of about myself is that I didn't ignore that. I didn't just go, oh, well, I'm, I'm feel horrible and it's just meant to be that way. And I'll use some sort of bandaid crutch. I was like, no, there has to be a way to fix this. Mm -hmm. And you were the way to fix it. But I'm, I'm proud of myself for not giving up. 
You're the one that did it though, Laura, and you have committed. You've been so such a dream client because you've been so vulnerable and open and honest and communicative. Um, you let your guard down. You really let me in and let your coaches in and said, this is exactly what's going on. This is how I'm feeling so that we could work through this together. And when you did that, when you vocalize all of these things that are going on in your head, once we work through all of that, what we get is you, we get Laura. And that was something you had written in one of your mindset journals recently was you said, I feel like me again. I feel like I got my life back. Yeah, and I do. I do feel like I got my life back. I will say about you and the team, though, I, at first I was nervous about opening up. I think that's normal. Like the first time that I really opened up, I think around week two where I just my weight did not go down. I actually had like a weight gain and I was like, what is going on here? You know what I mean? I really freaked out, but I came to you and I was like, Emmy, what is happening? I'm freaking out. And the way that you respond to me and i'm sure that you respond to other clients as well it's like you're not judging you're such a safe space and from then on i just started to trust you more and more and it became easier and easier like uh, i was talking to my mom about this because my parents are helping me finance this and i was like there is literally no one else i trust she was like why don't you get someone else like like someone cheaper or something like First of all, I, I think that you're quite affordable, but I, I was like, there is literally no one better. Like, I don't trust anyone else more. Like, I really can't do this without Emmy. I was like, I, I can't do it without Emmy. You're such a dream because when when a client's weight goes up, the, it's those moments where, you know, you're across the, the pond. I wish I could hop on a plane and go into your apartment, your flat and say, I got you. You know, we're going to this is totally fine. This is nothing to worry about. This is par for the course. Weight's going to go up sometimes. It's no big deal. Let's dig. Let's dig into this a little bit more. Let's see what's going on here. And your trust and your patience and your commitment to this in the long term is so admirable. And this is why this works, Laura. You're so committed to the long game. You know, we just said we're going to do a year together, which is music to my ears. Um, but you said to me, I, I know that this is going to some, be something I have to be patient with. This is going to take a, a little bit of time. Um, and your willingness to commit to the long game is is absolutely the key to your success. You're a dream of a client. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I feel like a, a lot of people who will be watching this and a lot of people who are clients of yours as well, like, it's not like we just came to you because we went on one diet and it failed, right? Or at least I didn't. I've been dealing with this for 19 years. To be honest, even when I came into the six-week program, right, I was like, I, I will probably have to continue this in some regard because there's, there's no way that 19 years are going to be fixed in six weeks. But you are the way that it is possible to be fixed from this sort of thing. I truly believe that. Like, I believe in a woman's intuition and I feel something about it felt right to me. My energy was up. I was able to get out of bed. My my hormones did start to level out, you know? And I think listening to that as women and even as men, men have intuition too, is really important. Knowing what's right for you and realizing that things do take time and do take patience. Well, speaking to what you have achieved, you mentioned your hormones. So you have, in the past six weeks, you regulated your cycle. 
you've improved your energy, mm-hmm. you have energy all day long, and you are out and about. You're whenever I see your food photos, I can tell that you're you're going places. And I'm like, look at her, she's doing things all day long with her friends. You feel like yourself again, you got your life back, your body is releasing weight. And that's something that we've had some discussions about how it's it's out of your control what your body is going to do. That's not something that we get to decide, but we do get to nurture our bodies and care for our bodies and say where you land in terms of weight is going to be exactly where nature intended for it. And I'm going to trust you and I'm going to let you land there and I'm going to be at peace with that and I'm not going to micromanage it. So your body said, okay, then we'll release what we don't need to hold on to and we'll settle where we need to. Um, And I know not, you know, abusing caffeine was another big win of yours as well. So these are all the the things that you've achieved so far. And we do want to do another call at the end of the six months before we do another six months together. Um, So I would love to talk about what you are working on now. And we can sort of talk through that a little bit so that when we do a call six months from now, we can see how you've grown since today. So where are you currently focusing and where do you want to grow and want some assistance and guidance? Um, And we can talk about that a little bit today. Yeah, so where I want to grow in these next, you know, six months is I really want to get the foundation down. And then I also want to safely incorporate the foods that I've always kind of wanted to incorporate, but have either binged or strict on. I just want that balance and I want to work towards, you know, it's so funny because obviously I came here to because I wanted to release weight. I think uh, like some weeks I'm like, oh, do I even really want to weigh myself? I don't really care that much. Like I feel a lot better. Who cares what the scale says? Which coming from me, that's actually psycho. (laughs) Like I can't believe that that's something that even ran through my head. Um, But it's amazing at the same time. I would say that weight really isn't my focus anymore because I already feel a lot better than when I started. So the next six months my body is going to do what my body does i think i want to tune in on listen continue to listen to my body strengthen those listening skills um continue with my sos foundation and then with uh my team uh reincorporate foods that i've always wanted to incorporate in a way that's like sustainable for me I have no doubt that you will be able to achieve these goals. There is no doubt in my mind that Laura is capable of this. That I I would go all in on that. I am entirely certain certain of that. What we need to prepare for is there's going to be a lot of wins along the way. There's going to be some difficulties and setbacks too. That is totally normal. So if you message me three weeks from now and you say, oh my goodness, I've been doing so well. And then all of a sudden I just ate past fullness and my stomach hurts. What is happening? My back at square one. This is all, I've ruined everything. I'm glad that we're having this conversation now. So I can say, remember when I said that a few weeks ago, that if that happens, it's no big deal. That might be something that happens. It might not be something that happens, but it's a natural part of our journey to achieve all of those goals. So you will get to the point where you're totally in tune with your hunger fullness cues. You are incorporating those later foods. You have a super strong foundation with SOS. Um, if there are some overeating episodes along the way or some moments where you don't feel confident, I'm not going to freak out. That'll be no big deal. It's totally normal for that to happen. When you think about reincorporating these foods back in that in the past were triggers and would cause you to binge and overeat, what emotions come up for you? How do you feel about that? Fear. Of course, fear. You know, 
but that's that's for me to come to you guys with i kind of trust you guys with those feelings to be like hey i'm really scared like i've come all this way and i don't want to lose it but it's like lose what you know i i think that you guys will really help me gain you know continue to gain life you know uh, you've already helped me so much i think that reincorporating those later foods is just a part of the journey and i'm supposed to feel scared i, I mean i don't know if i'm supposed to <laughs> but i think it's completely normal to feel scared and i think that definitely with the mindset coach janine that i have like was to be able to work through it. Well, let's get a little bit more specific here. What specifically are you afraid of? Are you afraid of failure? Are you afraid of criticism? Are you afraid of weight gain? Is it unknown? Is it just this feeling that you can't really get to the bottom of? What are you afraid of? That I'll blow it all and go back to square one, or it'll be even worse than when I started, you know? Yeah. And that's why I signed up for a year as well, because I'm like, I actually fully, I. I mean, I'm human, right? I probably will have those setbacks and I've planned for that as well. Within a year, there's time for you to help me and get back on track within a week, you know? So I think we need to reframe this then to, you know, what the fear is telling me, Laura, is that this is something you really care about, you've invested in, and it's very important to you. So instead of fear, perhaps we can reframe that to healthy concern. I have some healthy concern that I've invested in something, and if it doesn't go the way that I want it to go, that would really upset me. And I think that's a totally valid concern to have. Would you agree? Definitely, yeah. Yeah, totally. We're on the same page then. So I think we need to reframe this too. Should things not go the way that I want them to go, what will I do? What will my action plan be? If I start to see that old behaviors are creeping back in, if I start to see that my weight is going up, if I start to see that my clothes are fit, fitting more tightly, what will I do in that case? And I would write out the disaster plan, Laura's disaster plan, and I would write out step one, two, three, four, five, all the way to 10. So step one is I allow myself to cry about it and I get upset and I scream and I kick for an hour. Then I go to my team and I report to them exactly what's going on, exactly what my weight is, exactly why I'm concerned. And I just had a scream and crying fest. And I ask them for a three day plan for what I'm going to what I should do next to get back on track. I would write out this disaster plan so that that fear of failure. Now we've reframed it into I have healthy concern that this might not go the way that I want it to. And then what are you going to do if that is the case? And this is your safety net to catch it if it starts to veer in a way that you don't want it to go and you have a plan to reroute you. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I'll definitely I'll definitely do that after this call as well. I, I will say the first thing that popped into my head is if I went off track, like I feel comfortable reaching out to you and the team because you guys also saw the way that I was eating when I first came onto the program and there was no judgment. You know what I mean? And that's the thing that I love about the team. I feel like whenever there are setbacks, it's, oh, how can we approach the behavior? How can we approach what's actually going wrong here? And it's, I never felt like it was attack on my character, which is so amazing. So I know that when I do slide back, you guys are really like my rock. Like I feel comfortable going to you guys and being like, hey, like I need help, you know? That's the whole purpose of me being here, you know, this is 
When I was a teacher, something that we learned was you want to cultivate a safe environment for the children to take risks and to try things and to safely fail. And that's how they learn. And that's what we do here in this program is we cultivate this environment where if you take a step that you don't like how things go, that's the whole purpose of us being here is to work through it. So I think then what a great thing for you to do moving forward is to write out if I fall off track, if I, you know, eat non-SOS foods, here's what I'm going to do. And I would just say what that next course of action is. I'm going to write in the chat to the team. The next thing that you're fearful of, if my weight on the scale goes up one day, what am I going to do? I'm going to wait to look at the next way in. If the weight on the scale goes up two weeks in a row, what am I going to do? I'm going to type to the team exactly what my weight is. and I'm going to ask them what adjustments I can make with my food. So I would write out all the things that you're fearful of and then the exact step that you're going to take to get support from us. Mm, okay, yeah, I'll definitely do that. And these, these things happening are a part of the process. That's the whole purpose of us being here. You know, if this went beautifully and you never had to reach out for support, I never heard from you in the chat, then A, what would be the point of us being here? But B, that would tell me that maybe she's not actually growing because she's not challenging herself and she's not doing things she's never done before. It's like if you're doing an ab workout, you want to feel the burn because you're like, yes, I'm getting stronger. We want to experience a little bit of discomfort and positive distress in our work together because that shows me that you're taking risks, you're trying new things, and we're actively working through this healing journey. Definitely. And, you know, those prompts that you always give me whenever I come to you with a problem, like the one that you just gave me about fear to write down my disaster plans, it shows me how much mindset really is a part of this. And I think that's where most of the really uncomfortable positive distress work has been done. Because me saying that thing about food, using food to numb my feelings at the beginning of our conversation, that didn't come from me. That actually came from one of the positive affirmations that you sent me is something that I could possibly use. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I was using food to numb my feelings. I totally was. And the the work that you have me do and some of the things that you send me yourself have really helped me so much in terms of actually getting over these hurdles and making my way towards, you know, food freedom. Mm. I think, too, this is making me think of something, you know, we we often think that people are afraid of failure, but sometimes we're afraid of success, too, because there are new expectations ourselves for ourselves when we succeed. Also, if you do succeed in, in really solidifying your relationship with food, that was your crutch for decades. So what will you rely on if things get really difficult? If that was your friend and that was your companion and that was the thing that numbed you out. Um, so there can be some fear of success too. So that's going to be another area that I want us to explore. Uh, maybe not in these next six months. And that might be something we do after the six months, after you really have, you know, built your signature system and you're feeling good. Then we need to talk about, okay, how are we going to keep this in place? And how does it feel now to be successful? Is this, is is it scary to be here because you have the fear of losing it, et cetera, et cetera. So that's something that we'll, we'll visit a little bit later on too. Uh, but like I said, I'm confident. I'm so confident that you, 
I'm sure that you are going to reach these goals and we're going to we're going to get there together. I am absolutely certain of that. Uh, so long as you trust me, things are going to go very well. There are two things that you need to be successful, trust and patience. And you've displayed that over these past six weeks. So I have no doubt that we're going to do this thing. I have no doubt either. Yeah, I trust you loads and I'm happy to be patient. If Laura's story resonated with you at all, then I urge you to take a chance, see what could happen for you. If she can do it, why can't you? The only difference is that you just haven't signed up for SOS. So click the link in the down bar. If you are going to be along for this ride, then comment along for the ride. And I'm excited to see what happens next for Laura. Thank you, Laura, for sharing your story. I can't wait for the next one. I love you, honeys, and I'll see you in my next video. Woo! <laughs>